So, welcome to the last talk of this first day of this great event. Welcome Johannes from Vienna for his talk. He will introduce himself, give him a warm hand and welcome. Hi, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, hello. It's, it's great to see so many people are still here and they're not like running away to the subway or whatever. Okay, good. Uh, my name is Johannes. I'm part of Monochrome. And today I want to talk about music and computers. It's called, I can count every star in the heavens above, but I have no heart. I can't fall in love. And now this is the sign for Günther, the first music number, please. I can tell by your looks and you can tell by mine we are all stupid computer nerd assholes uh, stupid computer nerd assholes who successfully managed to refuse to get a life instead we have chosen to live in a world that is totally obsessed with computers and with computer culture, and with the culture of reflecting computer culture, and of course with culture that is reflecting culture that is reflecting computer culture. So when I was asked to speak here in front of uh, this most predictable audience, I was thinking about how to carry Eulen nach Athen, as we say in German, the British version, like the British idiom, is carry coal to Newcastle, okay? Uh, that means a foolhardy or pointless action. The best coal to bring to Newcastle and here could be to talk about the computer as reflected through popular music. Uh, you like stuff like that, uh, don't you? I bet you do. I mean, it's all about computers. Uh, now that sounds great, doesn't it? You uh, probably like your computer as much as Austrian rock musician Uli Beer. And now the first song, Uli Beer. Liga mit dir, Baby, immer wieder 
como tú eres de una amiga Un base as que no Y genet y me fuente y fue And now the best line. At first the solo, of course, first the solo. Ah. Was Amiga is my computer. The Amiga makes me spaz. Yo te Amiga Ah, well, well, well. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Okay. Uh, this song uh, was just a shock treatment before the real show, okay? And actually, it's not a real song. It was like, it's a song that was like produced by Commodore Records, like Commodore Records. Uh, so, okay. We'll now uh, thump through the monochrome record collection and find some exciting and hilarious stuff to rejoice after a hard day at the Congress. Before that, you might or might not see if I care, uh, enjoy some theoretical embedding. Uh, it's the only way to do this thing here without making complete fools of ourselves. Okay, the so-called pop culture came up in the late 1940s, and I hope you agree. If not, please leave the room. Uh, if we understand uh, pop culture as a certain youth culture, it started with white rock and roll taking Afro-American music from the peripheries to the center of cultural industries. Young people all over the world, or at least in the western part of it, got hit by this new experience of pop culture. They got hit so hard that they derived their very own culture from it, the so-called youth culture. It became a culture that stuck with them all throughout their lives, and uh, each follow-up generation up to date joined in. Uh, and that's what we find now. Almost nobody that did not live through the experience of pop culture. Oh shit, something went completely wrong. We won and now we are lost. Okay, uh, during this process, pop culture took over and it was kind of a hostile takeover. The cultural main powers of definition from bourgeois high culture. The culture class war was won so that today we find pop culture implemented as the famous mainstream and the no lesser famous establishment. And we are part of it. But we should at least try to act surprised by that in order to keep at least some of our dignity. Well, well, well. But how could 
pop culture and especially pop music as one of its main fields come into the position to do so and to beat bourgeois high culture on the battlefield called culture. So one possible answer would be that it was far more capable and fit in a very Darwinist sense of the word of coping with the evolution of bourgeois technologies since the 1950s. High and educational bourgeois culture simply had been overrun by modern technologies since the beginning of the 20th century, and it didn't get a break. It even got worse after World War II. Technology threatened to demolish and break through the traditional class barriers. Barriers uh, that were kept up through great culture or high culture, or the so-called culture of value. Uh, the ruling cultural elite has a job to maintain and to fortify, to janitor, or let's say, to be the bouncer of cultural class barriers. Thus, they uh, need to understand what is going on, and they need to sort out what should become part of culture and what should not. But when the spiral of technological change began to hyperventilate someday or like the other around 1960, they started to hyperventilate too. They developed the most beautiful panic attack you can imagine. And so they produced those, those very stupid and hackneyed technopho technophobic manifestos and images. What threatened them by forcing their human capital into inflation was interpreted and mediatized as a threat to society. That's a very old trick they had learned from the Catholic Church and other professional old-timers. That is why all those dull anti-computer images are to be found throughout bourgeois literature, art, or reflection for such a long period of time. Phenomenologically, those images are as incorrect as can be. Ideologically, they represent the bourgeois culture shock of the time. Unfortunately, there is no uh, B-movie from the 1950s called The Attack of the 50 Feet Computer, but I wouldn't be too astonished if somebody would have come up with that crap. This cultural shock came in an almost lethal dose for the tools of perception of the carriers of the cultural panic. Their basic strategy had been to ignore prejudice and to Nostradam, the computer for the most part. And they managed to keep that strategy up to the fucking 1990s. Around 1995, they surrendered to the computer that had taken over society without bringing apocalypse to culture, but new and improved ways of production and communication. Uh, the educational bourgeois idiots did start to fall for the other side and embrace the computer or they hid away in the first fucking niche they could find. Okay, and now a computer jingle, please. And if you like, you can shout with me the jingle. So that's just, it, it won't get boring with all the talking, okay? Good. Um, 
On the other side of the great cultural divide, pop music discovered and explored the computer not only as a musical instrument, but also as something to sing and think about. And it got very important by that because the conception that many people have of the computer has been formed by images and ideas broadcasted through popular music. And they turn on the radio and they hear it. Images that came from groups such as Kraftwerk. We have just heard a title of their famous LP Computer World as an opening jingle. Uh, it is, of course, from the only LP that you have at home, I guess. Or who has like Computer World as an LP at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably the, probably the only one. I know, I know. Or uh, does anybody own Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells album? Or, or let's say, pictures of an exhibition by Amazon Lake and Palmer? Fuck. Okay. So, of course, those images were influenced and guided by high cultural computer panic and as well uh, as by naive technomania, as I'm going to demonstrate towards the end of my little field trip here. When computers first came into use uh, and the word was spread, they, well, were just one more part of a long line of technological innovations swapping over post-war people. And these people's reactions was to be amazed in a highly experienced way, like, oh, something new again, ah, that's, that's great, or at least it should be great. Okay. But people soon began to realize that the computer was not just another machine to be used by man. They came to the conclusion that it was the first machine to resemble man in one haha significant aspect. It was not the first machine that tried to rebuild and optimize certain functions of the human body, but it was an imitation of the executive floor of it, the brain. So that's why people came up with stupid nicknames like the electronic brain, okay? And this was the beginning of what you could call the war between electronic and natural brain. You see how I'm quickly switching between the glass here, okay? So uh, this war between electronic brain and the, and the biological brain uh, became one of the main plots of late 20th century storytelling from Blade Runner to Matrix. This is an updated version of the very old story that derives from the conception of a creator god, uh, the creature that is competing, rebelling, or just not understanding the plan of its creator. And then that creature, uh, and if this creature is of explicitly technological content, it starts freaking out and gets dangerous, like, for example, the golem story from medieval Jewish Prague or Mary Shelley's Frankenstein novel. The image of the fake uh, human machine we find there is a special double bind, a mixture of sympathy and horror. This structure we find again in one of the first songs about computers. It's a country and western tune by a group called the Moonbillies. It dates back to the early 1960s and was released as the flip side of their single The Fall of the Planet Earth. Uh, dealing with some space invasion, which, of course, is made audible by the means of a theremin. Of course, as it's always that way in the back, back in the good old days. So, the first uh, audio example, the Moonbillies, the electronic brain, please. 
listen, oh listen, and we will explain The sad, sad story of electronic brain The greatest invention, the smartest of all But he just kept us saying as he stood by the wall I am the electronic brain With the highest IQ that you can obtain I can count every star in the heavens above But I have no heart, I can't fall in love He has no heart, he can't fall in love <laughs> A girl in the office where the brain was installed Saw him in action and she was in trouble She said I love you and will tell I die His tubes turned red and his head went to I am the electronic brain with the, the highest IQ, IQ that you can obtain. I can count every star in the heavens above, but I have no heart, I can't fall in love. He has no heart, he can't fall in love. The brain got so nervous it nearly went mad. It's why ah, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Okay, seen through the very eyes of 1960s country and western music, the story has to be a quote, sad, sad story to work with the boundaries of what is country music dealing with. That means computers are great machines. The greatest invention, the smartest of all, and as an electronic brain, they outline men by the highest IQ that you can obtain. But of course, IQ doesn't Make it. As always, the next door country music buddy girls and gals feel threatened by such an amount of intellectualism, which on top of that is artificial. Uh, something that they always sensed running into intellectual capacities. We know that because we have a high IQ, and that's why we are here today. So there's something missing from that just uh, a brain being What, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, artificial law. I'm, I'm completely missing up. Well, it's so late. It's so late. I'm, I can't control my PowerPoint anymore. Ay, 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 ay. Okay, electronic brain. That, that should be clear now. Okay, so, uh, so there's something missing from that. Yeah, there's a brain being created by some brain creating egghead. Okay, but the problem is I don't have a heart. I can't fall in love. So it has, of course, the ability to count every stars in the heavens above, but what it can do is grab and understand stars, or let's say, to feel the stars. Because, you know, understanding always equals feeling in country music. That's why country music can be so wise and so stupid at the same time. Okay? Uh, The electronic brain is unable to feel how stars work and function within the field of human uh, romantic feelings. It can't feel the stars above in a country music sense without any bureaucratic concerns to exact numbers. So that's where the drama starts. And in the end, that very part of its body and probably compares best to the human heart is running thin. The battery, the battery is going like down 
the stream. The message here is clear. Being human is being superior. And there's no homunculus to compete with such a perfect machine that even, uh, that's even capable of producing romantic feelings when the stars are shining. But that is not a big problem anyway. Human beings or how humans are portrayed in country music do not panic about the computer taking over culture and everything in the 1960s. They just smile at this one missing feature, lovability and felicity, as I want to call it, to have some new nice words here. Okay, and at least they are not a problem, but a topic for some nice novelty songs, such as the Electronic Brain or Computer Nummer 3 by France Gall. France Gall was a popular French singer, but she did some songs in German too, like this one here, uh, about using computers in the field of relationships initiation, initiation, okay, composed and produced by uh, the wonderful Mr. Christian Brun, who later composed such wonderful soundtracks as Captain Future, if like German nerds are here, la la, la la, la 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 la, ah, whatever, okay, so by this way, uh, I want to introduce you to France Gall, but even better, it's not France Gall, uh, it's Charlotte Marianne who's doing a cover version of France Gall, and it's computer number three, the second audio example. Yep. <laughs> Der Computer Nummer 3 sucht für mich den richtigen Boy und die Liebe ist garantiert für beide dabei. Conclusion. Lange war ich einsam, heute bin ich verliebt und nur darum ist das so, weil es die Technik Okay, yui, love. Okay, so in both songs like uh, Electronic Brain and Computer Number Three, we have computers reflected through the very concern of popular music that is, love. Uh, in all its facets. Both try simply to derive some interesting constellation of that love thing by introducing their computer. The moon billies did bring on the version in which the computer becomes a subject in the interactions and problems of love. And they decide to show the melancholic and sad, sad side of this interaction. There are also songs where computers can make love to people like the euphoric synthy pop song Computer Liebe by German 
German Synthi Band Paso Doble. You know, die Module spielen verrückt. Mensch, ich bin total verliebt. I'm not translating that. Whatever. Uh, with regards to the current role of computer in our sex and love lives, we have to admit that this was the more realistic version. Okay. Franz Gall's song, on the other hand, stands in a tradition of techno-euphoria, but it doesn't speak as a subject that wants to share some point of view. It is reporting data of people that want to go out on a date. It is the good servant that technology is supposed to be in the bourgeois society, where machines are produced to free people from work to get rid of the problem of the working class that causes the middle class to have a bad conscience for having to exploit them. Okay, so just to, ah, I have to look at this really, really, really beautiful sentence. Okay, good. So machines are here to clear our conscience while the ex-working class is rotting away in some out-of-sight ghettos. But then things suddenly changed. The counterculture, haha, swapped over to clear and uh, understandably, understandable conditions of commercial pop songs. And it's naive and merely entertaining approach, as we heard. The pop underground came into being and it uh, came with a political dimension. It wanted to change the conditions we live in. Here, things became very complicated. Okay, the hippie movement brought new reflections on everything and it changed our perception of technology. On the one hand, there were some who embraced technological progress in the hope that new machines would bring new experiences and destroy the boundaries of the bourgeois subject. Let me name Marshall McLuhan, who actually was a Catholic, uh, Buckminster Fuller, or, haha, Timothy Leary, uh, who acted as an inspiration for hippocultures notion of what one could do with technology and what technology could do with you. Uh, from that strain, a techno-futuristic cult derived with bands and projects indulging in technology and developing a new aesthetics through playing what might be called techno-music. We all know about the famous German group Kraftwerk as a post-hippie band, but there were other, others working in that field who helped bridging the gap from hippie culture to so-called new wave. But only few of them understood the computer as the most important tool of the future. And almost nobody in the 1970s tried to rebuild musical aesthetics on the basis of a computer to bridge the gap between hippie and punk and new wave culture and techno. Uh, one of these rare pioneers uh, was a US American guy named Bruce Hawk. Who knows Bruce Hawk? Uh, yeah, very good, one person. Uh, Bruce Hawk, who was uh, rediscovered in the 1990s in uh, his most rare and very expensive records, uh, and they have been re-released on independent labels. Okay, so Bruce Hawk was a weirdo making some really spaced out recordings meant to be a modernist child music. So he composed the stuff for children, okay? Uh, he programmed his music on a polyphonic synthesizer he had built himself. So he didn't That's one of his like children uh, covers. So he didn't build, he didn't buy it. He built his own uh, synthesizer, uh, and he 
didn't do it with a plan or a diagram. He never studied electronics. He was a total amateur. He was like, a, let's call it a, a pre-petition, okay? So uh, this guy uh, built a synthesizer and quote unquote, to produce up to 12 simultaneous voices in changing sequence via memory holding over 4,000 bits of information. It will also compose at random. Unquote. Okay, so in his lyrics, technology is uh, presented in a way that children and high school people, his declared target group, would understand the wonders of the world, the natural as well as the technological wonders. Most of his songs uh, deal with robots, but there are some hints to the upcoming computer age too, like the following, uh, program me, please. My heart beats, my brain computes, program me, I am complicated, let me be, I am new, program me. This trip, reality. Is mine if you let me be. I am love and I am free. I am a child. Program me. And I'll stop it. Ah, it's over. It's over. It's over. Good, good, good. Okay. What is amazing here uh, is not that uh, Bruce Haag did such incredibly strange records, which remind us of groups such as like um, The Residents or later New Wave synthy pop stuff. Neither is it amazing that Kraftwerk choose the computer as a topic for their late computer welt that came out in 1981. Before that, they had worked on other technological aspects, such as the acceleration of life through driving experiences on their Autobahn and Trans-Europa Express, and again, the aesthetics of robotics on Mensch Maschine. But they made programmed music before computer welt. Uh, what is amazing is that the biggest part of prog rock, prog rock, ugh, and psychedelic and avant-garde movement uh, of the 1970s did not work with computers or programmed music at all. Instead, they preferred to indulge in the very romantic old school stuff from the 19th century, like here, even in the field of electroacoustics and modern classics, there are only a few experiments like Haag's, okay? Maybe that had something to do with the hippie movement becoming the so-called ecological movement. The hippies derived their idea of nature from people like the Swiss philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Here is a really nice painting. Good. Um, Nature was not just the best and most natural living space for man. Man was also conceived as a natural being, that is, animals on the ultimate level of evolution. Everything perceived as technological and unnatural threatened that ideology. 
they developed an anti-technological point of view, mistaking technology for capitalist society and so on. There are literally thousands of songs in which the same old stupid, boring criticism of the techno-capitalist society is repeated over and over again, especially in Tatar, Germany and Austria. Um, a flood, a real flood of musically quite uninteresting singer-songwriters appeared and tried, well, not to change the world through singing, as it was often said, but to make clear that morally, <laughs> morally, they belonged to the axis of good. That is the only thing that liberal leftists can do about the world going completely wrong, to be on the right side or grimly looking for it. Uh, they, don't have an, they don't have any theoretical tools to distinguish and understand what is going on, but being very sensitive, they have an, enorm an, enorm an, an enormous feeling what's good and what is wrong. Uh, we just uh, get a shortcut from a song here by Austrian singer-songwriter Georg Danzer. Okay? He's dead, by the way. Uh, during this, his last years, he made neo-naturalistic bullshit with some of his good old Austro-pop friends, but well, in the early 1980s, his fear and hatred of the computer broke loose. What distinguishes this from other social critiques is that he's not only wailing about how bad things are, but he also tries to make a radical gesture. That is to proclaim destroy all computers. On the one hand, this seems to be an act of rebellion against the powers that remain in control due to computers and surveillance cameras. On the other hand, he makes it very clear, not voluntarily, of course, what the conflict is. The computers are interfering in the realm of bourgeois power, which is meant to be at home. The male patriarchal subject and... They are trying to get their electronic hands on its very insignia. That means, first his wife, and second his newspaper, so he needs to fight back the intruder like every like, National Rifle Association guy out there, okay? Go away, computer. Um, good. What happens? The computer... Uh, it's this bloated kind of thing here. The pseudo-criticism 
of the capitalist society from the point of view of its very product. That's always a really interesting thing, like criticizing capitalism and selling records. Uh, the pseudo-criticism of the capitalist society from the point of view of its very product. The bourgeois subject always brings up some ideological stuff to deconstruct. Like in the next piece, um, oh yeah, of, yeah, you can note it down if you like. That's a, that's a good, nice line. So. Or blog it or Twitter it or whatever. It's probably too long for Twitter, so whatever. Good. <laughs> yes. So, like in the next piece, we are going to hear um, a nice, nice uh, thing coming from a group that belonged to the German Sacropop scene of the late 1970s. Sacropop was pop music by Christian bands in Germany meant to be played at church services. It is one of the most incredible and strangest kinds of music you can find. And this genre cannot be compared to Christian pop from the US. It's something completely different and it's really unique. And you'll hear now, we have Infomusik Info Bamberg, die Nummer. Man wird als Nummer im Computer gespeichert. Dort hat man kein Gefühl und keine Stimme. Man ist ganz einfach als Impuls registriert. Man tippt mich ein und aus und Amen. Man ist ganz einfach als Impuls registriert. Man tippt mich ein und aus und Amen. Nummer in Statistiken erwähnt. Dort hat man keinen Wert und keine Würde. And it goes on and on and on and on. It's a really nice church service here with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Man wird ganz einfach als Impuls registriert. Man tippt mich ein und aus und Amen. What a great line. It sounds as if they've read Marshall McLuhan but didn't understand a single fucking word. Okay? Uh, another good example of that kind of stuff can be found on young German singers, uh, singer Juliane Werding's uh, first uh, Album. Uh, here, Juliane Werding, I copied from Wikipedia yesterday. So, uh, um, quote, uh, a 16-year-old girl singing for a better world and singing for people, unquote. Of course, for people, for what else, okay? Uh, on her first LP, she, has, uh, she had lots of, of songs concerned with almost any topic you could come up Uh, with back then. Am Tag, als Conny Kramer starb, about drug abuse. Der letzte Kranich vom Angerburger Moor, about ecological problems materializing. And of course, there's a song about a world overrun by computers. An executive named Schmidt, uh, or Smith, that is, that is to say, not an individual, but one of the greys, okay? So the grey is called Schmidt here. And this Schmidt visits companies, factories, and offices as a commercial traveler for an obscure company named IBO. So probably international business objects, or I don't know. Good. So Juliane Werding, der Computer macht alles. Schwarzer Kopf und Weißer 
Like in a bunch of other fathers from the mid-1970s to the early 1990s, the computer is a threat to individuality and human nature. Uh, as well, uh, as we all know, the techno... I have to... Sorry, okay. Too, too much of this, whatever. Uh, as we all know, the techno-capitalist society is nothing but a, a gigantic tautological machine producing alienation. Uh, to be felt in each and every aspect of everyday life. So why not try to figure out why this is and what the ideological and economical core of that mess might be and what you can do about it. Liberals uh, don't have that option, sorry, because they are products of this fucking society. And if they question, and if they questioned uh, it, uh, they would question themselves and their identity. Well, bad things happen every day. But at least they have to question something if they don't want to look like idiots not questioning anything. That's why you always find them working on the symptoms and uh, using them as some sort of wailing wall to sit down in front of it and weep gently about how things are so bad and went wrong and whatever. We have to clearly distinguish them from the progressive leftists, uh, which try to cope with an analysis of what's going on rather than with a bunch of nice but incredibly silly songs. These songs are the merchandise of a regression into a pre-computer age utopia. Some kind of nostalgia park where they could send proletarian kiddies to coal mines again to produce wealth through their sacrifice. A wealth to form the basis of the modern techno-capitalist society. So there's no way back, motherfuckers. Uh, by the way, Did you notice that whatever it whenever it comes to computers in music, there's a certain proto-new wave sound coming to town? We had that with computer number dry, uh, computer number dry, <laughs> with this like Morse code stuff, and we have it here. So it might 
be of interest what happened to the computer and popular music after punk and new wave took over in the late 1970s. First, we uh, need to understand that uh, punk and post-punk were, re were a reaction to liberal post-hippie affairs. So there were the hippies and the punks had to get rid of them, okay? Uh, this was based on the fact that people like Georg Danzer, Juliane Werding and Infomusik Bamberg represented a bloody wrong consciousness. And so punk and post-punk tried to provoke their bourgeois anti-modernism by some pretty good confusion. So they didn't want to, to send out messages, they wanted to send out confusion. Uh, like the German art punk uh, group Suf singing Back to Concrete. Uh, this was a reaction to the post-hippie back to nature approach. So they were longing for concrete. Uh, the confusion of uh, punk and post-punk brought about, uh, was enormous and difficult enough to survey. There were lots of different dispositions within the new movement. Some cross-faded the old bourgeois computer panic into the new sounds. Uh, and as we can hear in a short take from Computerstadt, the hit song of Hamburg Punksters Abwärts, you can have it another way. And it's coming right now. Abwärts Computerstadt. <laughs> Why? I tell you why. This was a paranoia classic from a time when the system waged war on the German leftist terror group, terror group, called Red Army Fraction. They used computers to gather information about the leftist seen to discover supporters of the RAF or the RAF. What they did uh, would now be called Rasterfahndung, Dragnet Investigation, Early Computerized Criminal Investigation. But Abwärts did not do a song about the computer as a tool used by the opposite side. Computers appear only in the last line. Wir leben im Computerstaat. We live in the computer nation. But we get strange impressions before that. I didn't play that for you now, but I'd like to quote it for you. Zum Beispiel, for example, Montag klopft es an die Tür und Arafat, der steht vor dir. On Monday, there is a knock on your door and Arafat is standing in front of you. Or, am Mittwoch ist der Krieg sehr kalt, Brezhnev lauert in der Badeanstalt. On Wednesday, war is very cold, Brezhnev's lurking in the public spa. These are uh, disparate impressions, not from the real world, but from an, let's call it, information society. The subject is overrun by all the information, but it's not clear whether upwards, and that's the big question mark, want to criticize information society, or if they want to make fun of the typical liberal, boring criticism. 
of it. And that's why it's such a great song. It does not give us a clue which of the two possibilities to favor. Uh, the early punk and post-punk musicians used this ambiguity as a cultural weapon against the simplicities of 1970s liberalism. So the changes brought upon uh, the human condition through the modern world were one of the main items of early punk and post-punk groups. The computer age was not in full swing yet, so the computers were not yet on the agenda. Or let's say, not in a way that might be called adequate. You would expect a band like, for example, Devo to make song about computers, but there is not a single song by Devo about computers, as far as I know. Also, there are lots of songs by post-punk groups with titles like, I am a computer. But most of them were just following the uh, Gary Newman scheme of becoming machines. Some others stood in the old uh, tradition of conservative criticism, saying computers eradicate uh, people's individuality, whatever that is. Here is a song I found on a pretty obscure and rather rare British New Wave single by a group called The Gook. And it's called I'm a Computer, but it's a nice song. Oh, show business. Let this right is inside out shot by or sell it from decision. Questions. See you later. Voice decoder out of order. You're so square, so geometric. I'm a computer. Are you a computer too? I'm a computer. Are you a computer too? Okay, good. This is a, a jolly little song about modern world confusion with some nice hints to rock and roll history, such as See You Later, Calculator. Uh, another song of that kind comes from a widely unknown Canadian artist group who worked as a band as part of their projects, like it was the case uh, with uh, lots of post-punk groups. They called their band The Government, really nice, and they recorded I'd Rather Be a Real Computer. Okay, and that's this one here. Image, organized, process, Xerox, determination, black, white, much more complicated color generation. Regeneration! Image peak dot image process. Copy break. I'd rather be a real computer. I'd rather be a real computer. 
Okay, and here we get a more adequate, adequate uh, approach to alienation. It's not technology itself which alienates us, uh, which alienates us. it's the specific condition of society's economics in which we are involved and in which we are produced as social subjects. And if you take into account what economics made of us through work, it seems um, highly preferable to be a computer. Computers are not intruders from a technological outer space. The electronic subject is a new utopia. This utopia won't work for us because it does not change capitalist economics, even in Star Trek. But still, it serves as a foil for criticizing it. Maybe the best song about computer panic uh, taking hold of the bourgeois small family as the most important piece in bourgeois uh, patriarchal, uh, patriarchal uh, ideology came from the German new wave uh, outfits, Der Plan. They are really great. Uh, it was called Gummitwist. It's a funny yet exact portrait about the confusion and panic that, the grabbed, uh, that has grabbed the bourgeois subject. Not only for uh, computers threatening this subject by attacking its individuality and subjectivity, it also poses a threat as a technological advance to cope and keep up with, like learning and learning and learning and learning. Um, kids got to have a Commodore 64 for Christmas to keep up with the capitalist pace and defeat the others on all tomorrow's markets. So there's some fine stress for the archetypal middle-class father, let's call him daddy or puppy, as we'll see in the song Gummitwist. Robert-Twist ist easy and it goes like this. Okay, ja, von allen Dingen auf der Erde, die es gibt und geben darf, weiß ich eines völlig sicher, was war es gleich, gerade wusste ich es noch. Uh, really great line. Of all the things uh, there are on earth that are and may exist, I knew one thing for sure. What was it? I still knew it a moment ago. 
this is a nice snapshot of the bourgeois overcharge, or let's say overload by new technology. Uh, it's not coming from the outside world into the, into the safe European home, but from the material this safe European home was made of. And now they are haunted by the poltergeist that clings to it. Their plan was intelligent enough to learn and understand what was going on and reflect in their music. Uh, this might have had to do with the fact that they lived in Düsseldorf. And back then, Düsseldorf was one of the avant-garde places to be in Germany. And people like the post-punk writer Peter Glaser, who shouldn't be, uh, who shouldn't be too unfamiliar here, the CCC, uh, had already opened up for the new technologies, lived there. Uh, he hung out with the plan and worked with them on different occasions. On the other hand, there was still the liberal angst culture, angstkultur, which was afraid of being swept away by everything new under the sun. And uh, there is uh, a nice guy, uh, an ex-Schlager-Singer-Kult, Pierre Schilling, who then had a comeback as Peter Schilling. Uh, even though uh, nobody noticed uh, the comeback, uh, he did some modern world songs that still tried to cope with the old liberal core imperative of being critical, and that's him. And yet he transmitted a teenage fascination with the problem of the modern world and clearly divided it from the old model of sheer criticism. Maybe that's why he became so big for one or two seasons and having numbered hit singles like Völlig losgelöst and followed by Die Wüste lebt. Not unusual for successful new German uh, wave bands of that time, he tried to get a foot into the international market, and so we have a song in English now for you. Uh, it's called, the original one was Fehler im System, and it was released uh, under the title Error uh, in the System, and even better, and that's what I'm playing, sorry, I, missed it up, I mixed it up, uh, it's Noah Plan, that's it, it's not Error in the System, it's Die Wüste lebt Noah Plan, uh, and it's a song about a global catastrophe. That's why I have exclamation marks here. And what would you do if you were uh, a global catastrophe and had to wipe out the whole stupid world? Ah, you have to start with the computers. Uh, and actually, there is an ecological disaster, and the ecological disaster forces the computers off. Or, uh, but you'll hear. There is Peter Schilling, the Noah plan. A million years have come and gone. The earth is shifting towards the sun. Synthetic atmosphere is lost and forces the computers off. Communications are confused. The tides reverse and start a chain reaction. Incredible myself, it says we're losing our control, losing our control The scientists around the world decipher everything they do But they don't really know, they don't really know Instead of systematic, the news becomes erratic No one can agree, no one can agree The world is getting frantic, as people start a panic What does all this mean? The sun is moving closer and the atmosphere gets hotter as the system overloads System overloads Fighting these adverse conditions, loading for the expedition Everyone must go, everyone must go The fools have been the worst, so they won't have to be much older Why do they remain? Why do they remain? Everything is ready, everyone that's coming has been safely brought on board 
man, he's a genius. Okay. Um, der Noah-Plan. Ah, ja, 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 ja. Okay. So. Actually, I only have one minute left, but I think I'll take another five. <laughs> Good. I'll make it quick, okay? The, 19S, uh, the 1980s could be called computer age, or at least the beginning of an age with uh, no end in sight. Computers became more and more part of everyday life. Musical development started to work with computers in the fields of studio recording, synthesizer programming, and so on, and so on. At the same time, rock and pop avant-garde started to work with computers as an aesthetic means, like Neil Young, for example. He released an album in 1982 called Trance, and by the way, it's his worst so far. Uh, on this album, he worked with synthesizers and saying about computer age and computer cowboys and blah, 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 blah. About 20 years later, computers have made their way through pop culture and nowadays we find thousands of songs in which computers appear as something rather normal. A piece of our surroundings providing some special potential. And uh, as such, uh, we find a computer featured as a door into another world in a song by famous New York anti-folkies, the Moldy Peaches. It tells the story of a kid discovering his own homosexuality. Uh, it's called Downloading Porn with Devo. Tried to buy a love, but I came up short. So I fucked a little waitress in exchange for a snort. My girl's got a dick hanging out of her shorts. Me and Eric in the bathroom with the weather report. Downloading porn with Devo. Okay, to open the Google door to porn downloads, um, pages, uh, and slip into the gay section, uh, he and his friend Davo uh, have to close the door to keep his mother out. Thus, the image of the computer had shifted from something technical, which might damage the social world, to something social. It is a space where you can have experiences and deconstruct the ideological content of your surroundings. That is to say, that free you. In this case, they free you from the enforced heterosexist form you were socially born in. After the moldy peaches dissolved around two... Th yeah, yeah, really important. Um, really important. It's not... I, it's like, okay... Good. After the moldy peaches dissolved around 2000, uh, Kimia Dawson and Adam Green did a lot of solo recordings, since both of them were kids of what you could call the computer generation. Uh, they had lots of computer-related stuff uh, in their lyrics. On Adam Green's first album, we find a song called Computer Show that tells a really surrealist uh, story. And on um, Kimia Dawson's solo album Hidden Agenda, uh, 
we have the great Anthrax power ballad version. It's a really beautiful song in which she reflects uh, about 9-11 as a sudden shock that hit the lives of those New York Bohemia kids. Now you will ask me, why is it about the computer? It's about 9-11. You'll hear. Okay, and there it is. Kimia Dawson, Anthrax. Then we turned on CNN Watched the towers fall again song. In the middle of the song, she hallucinates the very moment of the catastrophe and how everything collapses. She comes up with a very strong picture of it. Everything that used to be normal and in its place gets physically confused like a huge explosion. Together with skin, bones, telephones and carpets, we get computers being in the air. A very intense picture of how normal computers have gotten to those postmodern kids. So in the end of this long speech here, we find that conservative people who were frightened and disgusted enough by the computer to damn it were strong, like, were, were wrong. Not, they were strong, of course, but they were wrong as, as they always are. Sorry about history. <laughs> Sorry, but history tells you so since about six billion years. And so does human history. There is no way back in culture. Hitler tried it and he failed miserably. Um, and quite obviously, by now the Austropoppers like Georg Danzer and Infomusik Bamberg and all, they are pretty ashamed of what they did uh, 20 years ago and they all use apples now. And they sit in front of their computers and write emails, or they buy books on Amazon, or they download porn with Devo, okay? So computers are established widely enough for us to have some historization for the last track of tonight's uh, coming from a group called Lauchs. It's a beautiful song in honor of Konrad Zuse who started it all. And of course, I'll uh, join in and dedicate my speech 
that ends right now uh, to the great Galileo Galilei of the computer age, Konrad Zuse. Always remember, he was fucking clever, that's why he invented the computer. Konrad uh, Zuse. tell you what it's too late anyways it's too late anyways I need more applause and I don't get it, it it's the perfect applause for Konrad Zuse but I need a real good Eurotrash applause but to have a good Eurotrash applause you have to have good Eurotrash music so that's the that's the last one okay um, I need Eurotrash techno applause and that's why I have a pretty weird song about the internet that was produced for the European uh, Eurovision. Uh, was it man? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's the Eurovision Song Contest held every year, 1996. A year that's like for normal people, like the internet was not there or nearly not there, 1996. And there are a couple of really nice girls, women, female people, uh, and they were called the Eurocats, and they're still called the Eurocats. They dance and sing, and sing and dance, and here is tonight's final song, it's called Surfen Multimedia, and I wanna see you dance now, please. Yes, <laughs> 
like go home get drunk whatever great having you here